Thanks for having me, Tim. What do you do? What is your day job around here? (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be an account manager uh, Mm -hmm. here at Cox Media, but then outside Mm -hmm. of that, involved in the community, uh, trying to make change where we can. All right, let's get into this, because what you've done, you've looked at early voting as as recently as yesterday, Mm -hmm. and even though, as pointed out there, these are nonpartisan races, uh, we get a sense of who does vote based on who's pulling ballots, first of all, because we do have partisan races in addition to the nonpartisan elections. So when you vote in Athens, you pull a it. Give me that Republican ballot or Democrat ballot mm-hmm. in the case. Maybe you can vote in a legislative right. race or a Senate primary or whatever. Okay. So, again, just back out and look, and we'll dig down deep, but back out and look here. In terms of trends, who's pulling the most ballots right now? Yeah, so here in Athens-Clark County, as of 8 p.m. last night, once early voting polls closed, we had 2,123 Democrat ballots that had been pulled or requested, uh, some of those in person, of course, some of those in mm-hmm. mail via absentee ballot. We had 1,263 Republican ballots cast by comparison. So that's a advantage for Democrats of around 860 votes yeah, that, there. Yeah, I'd say that's decisive, and as a raw number, it is. On the other hand, this is a county that traditionally goes, mm, 65 70 percent for democrats this isn't that kind of an advantage right. so there's that and then you drill down into specific districts mm-hmm. which were drawn let me ask the question this way <clears throat> they were drawn by members of the republican delegation mm-hmm. for the purpose of benefiting conservative republican candidates how successful do you think they have been based on what you're seeing now close to two weeks of early voting? How good from their perspective? How good a job did they do? Well, just like you mentioned, with athens Clark County being seemingly overwhelmingly leaning one way to the left, uh, you know, it's still hard to draw districts in a way that you're going to give Republicans an overwhelming advantage. But what we have seen is a shrinking of that divide, you know, where some districts were once 56, 57 percent. Democrat, we're now seeing it more around 53, 52%. Mm. So those votes are a lot closer. And that would tell me, Cameron Harrelson, that says to me, assuming we're right about that and that the trend holds over the next week, that says this is a turnout election. It is a turnout election. And the key thing here to remember, and you and I have talked about this too, we're seeing some Democrats cross over in this election, especially during the primary, to vote in that Republican primary, because apart from Lieutenant Governor on the Democrat side and and the Georgia 10 race Mm -hmm. here, you have very little choice. You know, Stacey Abrams is at the top of the ticket, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. You have one candidate, one-offs there. The Republicans have a lot more to choose from, and you have Democrats concerned about things like election integrity, jumping over and voting in the Secretary of State's race there. For, for, the, for the purpose of making mischief? or Because or, sometimes that's done. Yes, I'll let the listener decide that <laughs> one, though. <laughs> but All right. with that 63 yeah. nonpartisan ballots, we do still have people locally that are skipping those state elections and mm. only voting and, on those And only voting in and, and, and local stuff. All right, let's get down to cases. Let's look at, uh, at what we see in the specific districts. And I want to focus on two of them. You and I are kind of the same page here. Uh, we got uh, obviously one, three, five, and seven. I, I agree with you or you agree with me. Uh, the, <laughs> the voters fishing in the same pond or the candidates are and looking for votes in districts one and three. I, right. I don't know what we glean from, from spending much time with that data. However, there, there are pretty sharp partisan divides in five and seven. Uh, ideological divides. I say partisan and nonpartisan sure. elections, but sure. we know what we're talking about here. Let's start with District 5. Got three folks running in District 5. Uh, the conservative, if they're, if, if that's the right <laughs> word to use, we'll, we'll say Dexter Fisher. Uh, certainly the progressive candidate there, Matthew Pulverin, and he would like to say somewhere in the middle, the former athens Clark County Commissioner uh, Jared Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at the ballots pulled, what do you get when you look at five? Yeah, so ballots pulled so far in District 5, uh, the new District 5, that is, Democrat ballots, 300 there. 
Uh, only 150 Republican ballots in District 5 so far and 17 uh, nonpartisan ballots there. I'm so, sorry, do that again. Twice as many Democrat ballots as Republicans, 300 is, to 150? Yes, okay. that's right. All right. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? I'm trying to think through this now. What does that say? Well, it's a good uh, good day for Democrats in District 5 so far. Matthew um, Pulver. The problem is you correct. say Democrats. Uh, which Democrat benefits here, meaning <laughs> Matthew Pulver, Jared Bailey? Well, it's going to be up to the voters of District 5 because you really have two two things there. You have one that's running on the experience of being in government mm-hmm. for a long time, um, having the know-how to get things done and progress made. You have another candidate that's looking to continue the progressive agenda of the current county commission. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how voters in athens Clark County begin to define what a Democrat means as we move forward. You know, are we going to move back toward that middle area or are we going to keep pushing forward uh, to the progressive agenda? What it says to me, uh, Cameron Harrison, what it suggests is obviously with three candidates mathematically is the possibility of a runoff anyway. What that says is Dexter Fisher against one of these other guys. I agree with you. And I think that uh, it will be very hard to pick which one of the two it will be. Um, as we lead up to Election Day, um, it's all going to be about who can knock on the most doors and mobilize the most voters and organize people to get to the polls. Oh, now, I live in District 7, uh, specifically, and then, folks, I, I live in Beechwood. I, I walk the neighborhood, jog the neighborhood, drive the neighborhood. I, I, I do that thing where you look at the yard signs. And mm-hmm. to me, that just that just reeks of 50-50 in, in Beechwood. And I don't know about the rest of the district. I didn't spend as much time it there. It is so true, Tim. Right. I mean, go down the Timothy Road corridor right. even, and it's one for one everywhere. This uh, so what does the early voting race. tell us? Yes. So the early voting, that would be District 7. Most of that area formerly represented by Mike Hamby, actually, with mm-hmm. the lines changed. Which is, uh, as the commission goes, uh, he was back in the day a Republican operative. Uh, he would be, uh, as this commission is constructed, <laughs> would be on the right end of it, you would sure. say. Sure. So we're having a little bit closer of an election there, of course, in District 7, just like you and I talked about with the numbers getting much closer there. We have 202 Democrat ballots pulled, 182 Republican ballots pulled 17 nonpartisan. So you can only see there Yeesh. just how much closer yeah. things are getting. A real hard guess to make in District 7. Wow. And and, and I look at you, you stuck your head in my office yesterday and started talking about the money that John Culpepper has had uh, thrown in his direction by these clean and safe folks or, or whatever that mm-hmm. pack is calling itself today. Uh, and, and we hear it as we listen to the radio. We drive around town and we see the billboards and Alan Jones. And talk, hey, I ain't got no money. That guy's got all the money. Uh <laughs> But, man, this looks close. It's going to be close. And, again, it's all going to be about turnout, just like you said. Um, It's going to be about knocking on those doors, making those last-minute phone calls, reaching voters while they have absentee ballot in hand for last-minute mind-changing uh, this is going to be a tough one for is whoever pulls it out. Is there anything, Cameron Harrelson, as you look at early voting data, which is what we're talking about here, is there anything that tells you anything or indicates or suggests anything about the mayor's race? you got the incumbent and four challengers. Anything at all that, that you can just look at these numbers, raw numbers, and, mm-hmm. okay, this looks good for that guy or some other guy. Well, I'm going to look at election trend more so than I will turnout. If mm-hmm. we look back at Kelly Gertz last election, he was against a very formidable opponent, I thought, in, in former Commissioner Harry Sims mm-hmm. um, and also had another uh, candidate in the race there. So with that, over 60 percent of the vote for Kelly Gertz four years ago. Yeah. Now, I do know that the, the climate here in Athens has changed. People are pushing back on the agenda of the mayor and commission. We've seen that with uh, turnout to the commission meetings, people mm-hmm. speaking up on the issues they care about. So if we're looking at trends for Kelly Gertz, I think he's going to be just fine. That being Without said, a runoff? I think we could have a runoff. 
You think so? I think we could. With, with who, Zuniga? I would, I would say Zuniga. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think that those two are the top two tier candidates in the mayor's that, race. That's what That would be my read. And I think yes. that if there's conventional wisdom, then that's probably what it says. I. But it, it, if he holds true to what he's done in the past, he could avoid a runoff. Again, it's all going to be about turnout. It's all going to be yeah. About well, turnout. and and turnout so far, it, I, compared to previous elections, it looks as though, and I'm just eyeballing it. It looks as though it's fairly steady to this point. You're hearing all this stuff about how it's increasing and off the charts exponentially around the state. We talked to the Oconee County election supervisor yesterday. It ain't happening there, and it doesn't look like it's happening here, which is kind of curious. Where is it happening? Where are all these people voting early? And what are they voting for? Well, you know, I think it's very interesting, and this will be something we'll need to come back and talk about, mm -hmm. Tim. But what are people going to do in regards to when they feel safe voting in this election, right? We're coming off the heels of a lot of questions mm -hmm. about election integrity. Are people going to feel more comfortable getting a mail-in ballot at home and dropping it off? Are they going to feel more comfortable mm -hmm. voting in person at the polls? Or are they going to vote on May 24th from 7 to 7?